Welcome to the Girl Power Alliance podcast, where you're going to meet and hear from some inspiring women with incredible stories who are leading in business and in faith. We are on a mission to impact the world by empowering women to dream bigger through kingdom-minded mentoring and leadership. This is where women grow. Welcome back to the Girl Power Alliance podcast. This is going to be a real treat for you. Let me talk to you about this beautiful woman that is on the podcast with me today, Brandy Del Rio. I met Brandy last, it's almost been a year, last Mm. summer at an event. Was it last summer? It feels like a long time ago already. I feel like I've known you my whole life. Last summer at an event um, in in San Antonio, Texas. She's this larger than life energy that walks into every room and you know, she's there. She's the most genuine, happy, excitable person maybe that I've ever met. And so she, we, she introduces herself to me at kind of a little meet and greet event. And we were fast friends. She literally lives like 20, maybe 30 minutes from me. And I'll tell you a little bit about her background. She's a mother to three and a stepmom to Two more or three more? Two more? Five. five. Oh, oh, I, I apologize. She's a <laughs> mom to five more. Um, she has a background in dabbling in, and well, she has a background in network marketing, dabbling in entrepreneurship. Her husband is a very successful entrepreneur and Brandy is uh, a recovered alcoholic and her story of recovery is so incredibly powerful that a documentary has been made about it. And I don't know if you know dates or times, we can talk about that, but you're talking about somebody that is so pure and beautiful and uh, you're going to fall in love with her. So welcome to the podcast, Miss Brandy. Thank you, Michelle. Honestly, it's an honor to be here. I'm so excited to be here. I love you. I love anything that you have to do with. And I know that you are all about growing God's kingdom and authenticity and rawness and honesty and just truth. So well, I'm excited because prior to the podcast, we were just doing our pre-podcast chat. And I, I asked, is there anything in particular that you wanted to talk about? Because Brandy is a coach. Um, that's really where she's, uh, she's been moving for her own career as a, as an entrepreneur. Um, so I said, is there anything in particular you wanted to talk about? And that opened up a whole different conversation. So I think this is a very, very important and powerful conversation for people to have. Uh, So, so Brandy, um, would you share what you shared with me when I asked you what in particular you wanted to talk about on the podcast or, or promote today on the podcast? Because we could go a million directions. We could talk recovery. We could talk parenting. We could talk blended family. We could talk coaching. There's a thousand areas that you are an authority in, but I feel very like I have chills when I'm saying, I feel very much like this is an important conversation to have what we spoke about just as we were kind of getting started. Yes, as my heart is starting to race and I'm starting to sweat because it literally was just two minutes ago. Uh, I told you, I actually contemplated on not having this interview. I contemplated on canceling because of what the last few months of my life have looked like and what I have been going through, more or less. 
I'm so proud of you. And you're, if Brandy is one of the most courageous women I've ever met. So she never shies away from something that feels uncomfortable or scary. But what she shared with me was she said, you know, I've dabbled in network marketing, which, which is a form of entrepreneurship, but is it, I, I always say this about, about network marketing. Like we, they call themselves entrepreneurs, but the truth of the matter is you're not it, my definition and the and the Webster's definition of an entrepreneur is somebody that's willing to really like invest financially that puts skin in the game. And as a network marketer, your investment is so small and you're you're not just putting money in, you're exchanging money for a product or a service. So are you really an entrepreneur? I beg to differ. You do have to have entrepreneurial, I think, uh, some of the skill set. But so she said to me, um, I've dabbled in network marketing, but what I'm doing now is so different. So I would love for you to like dig into that a little bit. Yeah, I was sharing with you. I just remembered. I'm like, Lord, what did I say to her that uh, this is a whole new ball game? This is a whole new league that like I've dabbled in network marketing and entrepreneurship. And yes, my husband and I have our own landscape business. However, this is a whole new league. And I said, it's one that. I had no idea really what I was getting in for. Like I thought that I was going into college baseball and it was actually major league baseball. (laughs) And, And yeah, it's, it's been, it's been challenging. It's been challenging. It's been rewarding yet. It's been challenging. It's been confusing. It's been scary. It's been hard. What are some of the big, some of the biggest challenges that you have been working to overcome? The amount of investment that we've put in. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's definitely more skin in the game, so to speak. It's been a higher investment. It's been a higher leap of faith. It's been, um, you know, I, I created a course, which you're part of for the one who believes and a big part of me talking to women was about not comparing yourself. And what I found was with all the people out there that are in entrepreneurship and doing different businesses, I have been comparing myself to them the last six months. And because I hadn't completely, you know, made my return on my investment a hundredfold and, you know, didn't hit that seven figure mark yet, or, you know, haven't made more money than what I've put out. It's, it's been, it's been, it's been tormenting to say the least. (laughs) That's a a really strong word. I will say this about entrepreneurship. First of all, it's not for the faint of heart. That's for sure. And, and your, I believe that your ability to manage uncertainty will make or break you as an entrepreneur. Um, Bobby and I, you know, you're married to an entrepreneur as well. So that can either be like amazing or horrific, (laughs) depending on where you're at. Luckily, he and I both, um, there is, we both can manage a high level of, um, of risk of uncertainty. And so because of that, we've been able to dive into pools together without one being on the side going, what are you doing? You're going to drown. We're both, you know, swimming together, but that, that is a big part of it. And I think that people, um, especially people that started their entrepreneurial journey as a network marketer, you think, well, I'm just going to be able to invest this much and I'm going to get a return so quickly. That's why people love network marketing, small investment, big return very quickly. But the statistic as a tradition, as a business owner is three years. This, that's the statistic that you, you do not earn for three years. And um, that's, and that is a, a very, very valid and true number. Yeah. And I've realized that 
I personally have been my own worst enemy. Like my husband has been amazing. He's championed me. He's cheered me on. And, and the majority of people have. It's been my pre, like you just said, it's been my pre-programming of thinking like, oh, I'm going to get into this. And then, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And yeah, it's, it's been challenging, yet it's been really great awareness for where I'm at in my life of recognizing where I want to go and yeah. being able to like, look at what you said of, you know, three years, like I'm crazy to think that I was going to see a, you know, greater than what I put in, in the first six months, or even I was even thinking in the first five months, right? <laughs> I don't think you're crazy. I think that's a that's an incredible goal to have, but I think managing that expectation of if it doesn't happen, there's not something wrong. I'm just now an actual entrepreneur that has to like, you know, I have to actually make all these things happen, move all these wheels at the same time. And I think that that is a big part of why there's a lot of reasons why entrepreneurs don't don't succeed. They they don't have the skill. They they don't have the mindset. For, I'm going to start with the mindset. They don't have the mindset. They don't understand what it means to actually be an entrepreneur, and they have mismanaged expectations. Then they don't have the skill. And then and then if you have the you have the right mindset and you have the right expectations, then they don't have the patience to like live it out. I mean, you hear these stories. We we both hear stories of people that that they talk about. Oh, I did this and I made this. Then they act like they are an overnight success. Success, but legitimately they have spent 10 years building a brand or, or trial and error on different things until they found that thing that hit. And so it's very rarely is it what it seems when you see these success stories. Well, and what I found is that the course that I created and the direction that I'm going in just so happens to be what the Lord is working on me internally in a deeper way. <laughs> Isn't that funny how that happens? Yes. And so, but like, it can be a catch 22 because then, like I said, I almost wanted to cancel or not almost, I did want to cancel, but my, I prayed about it and I, my spirit kept telling me to move forward because I'm like, how can I go on and promote anything that I'm doing when I have been a mess internally the last few months, you know? But would you say comparison has been the biggest? Yes, it's been, yeah. Comparison, comparison has been the biggest one. And then, um, probably perfection. Oh, two, two really big ones. Okay. So let's tackle the first one. Let's talk about comparison first, because this is, this, this has always existed as a, a really, really big, um, distraction that the enemy uses, but social media makes it like mm-hmm. it ha- exponentially is bigger and better. And then you have the fact that, you know, the, the, the social media appearance of what people talk about in their businesses really is the only one tiny speck of the story. So -hmm. you're comparing yourself to what you see typically online with people that is like not even close to the full story. That's number one. And then number two, you have people that just aren't honest about their journey because they want you to see the highlight reel. They don't want you to know about the times that they laid in their bed crying or how many times they almost quit. There will come a day in time um, where I will share all of what has happened over the last couple of years with me and Girl Power Alliance. And I think people will be shocked to know. 
<laughs> I'm not ready. I'm not ready to share it, but I will tell you, it has not been roses and rose petals. It's been rose bushes with thorns and cuts and bleeding. That's for sure. And so I think that's a big part of comparing yourself because you don't see the full story. Well, then I have this whole perception and like, like I said, I've been my own worst enemy where I'm like, I think, okay, well, uh, you know, I'm sharing the kingdom of God. I'm sharing God's truth and Jesus's love and how like we are made complete in his image. And so if that's the case, then how can I be, you know, down and out? How can I be struggling? How can I share that with anybody? You know, if I share that, then I'm a bad representation of God. I'm a bad representation of Jesus. And so I better not say anything. And so then I feel like I'm a fake. Then I feel like I'm lying. And it's just been this, it's, I mean, you're getting a very authentic conversation from me right now, because this is what I would share with Michelle if it was just she and I on the phone together alone. However, Michelle felt strongly to stop me in my tracks before we talked any longer than 15 seconds on this, because she knows that there's people out there who are going through the same thing. I think everybody does. That's the, that's the, the, the lie that you're alone. You're the only one. I think everybody goes through this. I've gone through it. I still go through it. I I still have moments. And you know, it's really interesting because I can't remember what we were doing this weekend, but this wave crashed over me of complete imposter syndrome, like, like a tidal wave, like where I felt like I couldn't catch my breath. And I started, I took, took a breath in to begin telling Bobby what I was feeling. And I stopped it because I didn't even want those words to come out of my mouth. Cause I didn't want to give life to this feeling that I was having in that moment. And I did the thing that I talk about. I captured the thought and I made it obedient. And I thought, I'm not going to speak this because this is a lie. Mm-hmm. This is a lie because the, and part of the lie is that we have to be this thing to be the thing. We have to be at this level. We have to be this thing, but like, that's what makes all of what we are doing in our work for the kingdom. So perfect is that it's completely imperfect. And that in that imperfection and the courage to move forward in the imperfection, you're giving other people permission and courage to do the exact same thing. And and that really goes hand in hand with this perfection thing. That's a lie from the pit of hell. <laughs> a, I, I will tell you, as I've been an entrepreneur for 30 years, how old am I? A little less, a little less than 30 years. Um, and not one thing has ever <laughs> been perfect. Not one thing has ever gone exactly in the way that I thought it should go or planned it to go. Not anything, nothing has ever been in the exact timeline. I Like there is no such thing. And let me tell you something, as a newer entrepreneur, really, really as like in the space on your own, not partnered with your husband, not to say that he's not partnered with you, but doing on your, on your own with Mm -hmm. him, but you know what I mean? Um, that, that thing is such a big giant piece of the equation. And I don't think people talk about it. Well, and Michelle, I have even found myself wondering like when, because I have, I've wanted to go live. I have wanted to like get on social media and share that like, this sucks right now. Like this is hard, but I haven't because I'm like, 
I don't want to give light to it. I don't want to give life to it. Right. And so it's been like this, like dance. And I mean, it's just been recently that I've been able to start pulling myself out of it. Like recently, as in like days recently. Well, I will tell you what, what has worked for me over the years is that I, I don't speak of it in the moment ever for that reason. Number one, I don't want to give life to it. Um, and I just, I I never speak of what I'm going through in the moment, but even if I'm one step outside of it, now I start to share. Okay. As soon as I'm even one step outside of it, because, because there's somebody that's a step behind me there and they need what happened to me. They need to know how I got one step ahead because there are people that are so hopeless and feel so alone because people aren't really talking about it. There's two, I feel like extremes on the, on the, on the internet, internet at, at large, the interwebs, there are everything that looks perfect, you know, and we're all striving to be like these perfect people, or there's the, the sky is falling and everything's falling apart. Right. (laughs) I don't want to be, I'm I'm not either. Mm -hmm. Like I'm somewhere in the middle, you know, working. So what I have found is that that helps me, um, is that as I am, like I said, as I am moving forward, whatever it is that you did, that now you're just starting to come outside of it, begin to speak about how you're getting on the outside of it now, because there's somebody that's not outside of it yet. Well, I can tell you today's Tuesday and Saturday was probably the first time in a long time. I can say that I woke up not hating myself. Isn't that crazy? You know, and the way that I have been able to pull myself out of this is I've started digging in the word and started ask like seeking God and I've started binding the enemy. So oh, yeah. it talks about um not just submit to God and the devil will flee, it's submit to God, resist the enemy and he will flee. And for so long I just like ignored him. I just ignored it and like shoved it aside and just continued to like walk in faith yet I wasn't resisting. I wasn't binding. You know, I was choosing not to speak the words. However, they were festering inside of me and like eating me up inside. And so recently I've chose to say like, I bind you criticism. I bind you cynic. And when I was reading in Mark, I can't remember exactly where, but it was crazy. It's, um, it's the part in Mark where Jesus's family is, um, challenging Jesus And he's like, what are you talking about? Like a divided house cannot stand or something, something, something. And then it even says in there, um, you must, you must like grab a hold of the strong man first before you can take him down or something to that effect. If you go and mark and you'll read it and you might even know exactly what I'm talking about. But I saw it right there of like, oh my gosh, like, yes, we are to bind these things and whatever you bind in heaven and loosen, right? And so that's what I have started to do. The the weeks or probably about 10 days or so leading up to Saturday, when I would open my eyes and feel just like this, like heaviness and just like this slug. I don't know. Do you remember Nickelodeon? Remember Nickelodeon back in the day and they had like the green slime? Yes. <laughs> I just that picture. I just feel like the slime was just on me. I started binding, you know, the critic in me, criticizing myself, the cynic, thinking that negative thoughts, like I'm not a negative person. You know that, 
you know, no, so I was like, you are oh, not I find you. And I was reminded that we do not fight against flesh and blood. We fight against the spiritual principalities. And so that has been what's helped me start crawling my way back out. So to speak is binding when I have those horrible thoughts come through my mind, instead of just keeping quiet and speaking the opposite, I first bind it. And then I speak truth. I loosen you know, positivity, I loosen love, I loosen light, I loosen peace, I loosen joy, I loosen abundance, I loosen prosperity, I loosen faith, right? And that, that for me in this season, because I've gone through seasons of like, not wanting to get out of bed. And all of the things that I've done in the past didn't work for me this time. Yeah. Well, has- I mean, that's real. And we, we do, I've gone through those seasons too. And it's, it's a real thing and you have to be very cognizant. You know, you don't have the luxury of laying in bed. You've got very active babies running around. Um, right. you know- and then that brought another level of condemnation on because I have three beautiful boys who absolutely wake up with joy and are so fun and so full of light and love you know, which has been a saving grace for me because I do my best to smile in the mornings and have my children see their mom with a smile on their face. Yet doing that while feeling empty inside, it sucks. It sucks. Yeah, I, it does suck. And you're not alone. There are millions and millions of women that feel the same thing. Um, so let me ask you a question. And those of you that are listening, I want you to ask yourselves this question too. Do you feel like there is a, a war, a spiritual war going on? Do I feel like there's a spiritual war going on? Well, I feel like my very first answer would be yes. Always. Yeah. And then my next one is like, okay, well, why? Well, because the enemy knows the end of times as well. Like he knows what is coming. He knows that Jesus is coming back. He knows the victories that are already happening. And so he's going to do his darndest. I mean, it makes me think I always use a football, right? Like. I can't remember. I think it's the New England Patriots that won like five or six back to back or something, right? Like the opposing teams are going to study and go after that championship team more than any other team out there. Mm -hmm. And we are champions. Those of us that are believers and followers of Christ and who are wanting to bring his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven right now, like we are the championship winners quarterbacks that are like you know the brightest light on the field so yeah i, I, I do love it there's a well spirit th- when you think of war you think like those that are on the front lines think of like a movie where you've watched and they're battling literally head to head the the warriors don't go out there and stand there and ignore it they are ready for battle. They've prepared, they've trained, they have armor on and they have weapons. So often we just sit there like we're helpless in the face of the spiritual war that's going on. But we it is an you have to you have to be an active participant. You have to be an active warrior. And that, you know, even though we feel the feeling of wanting to lay in bed and just because like you're tired emotionally, mentally, physically, um, you're comparing yourself to everybody and their sister and 
this person's doing this and I'm not, this person had this happen and I haven't had anything happen. I'm working so hard and it hasn't happened yet. Let me tell you, if you want to be really encouraged, go read some stories. I, I can't remember. I think if you just Google um, success stories of people that failed, read about um, Ray Kroc, read about the guys that wrote the two men that wrote the chicken soup for the soul series, read about Kentucky fried chicken, read about Abraham Lincoln and all of the things that he attempted in his life before he ever got voted as president. He failed at every, a failed attempt after failed attempt after failed attempt. And praise God that he didn't give up because of what he did for all of humanity as the president of the United States. There is, I don't think any success story that has ever inspired you that didn't come wrought with battle, massive battle. And the, the journey of our lives is to keep moving forward in the face of the battle, in the face of it, and just rebuking the enemy because, you know, God designed you specifically because he knew you were going to be the one to carry it out in the face of the battle. And we have to remind ourselves of that. When I had this intrusive thought over the weekend that was such imposter like literally those were the words i heard wow. you are an imposter and it was heavy and it made me feel awful <laughs> and all the things but then i you know i i didn't speak it i didn't say anything to bobby about it i let it and i absorbed it i took it captive and i thought to myself is that really true or am I the exact person that God called to do the exact same thing that I'm doing? And I choose to believe that I am the exact person with all the flaws and mess ups that I have that God called for me to do the exact thing that I'm doing. And I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm not going to believe that lie, even when it, I don't actually feel like it. And that's the, I think one of the most important things, not just as an entrepreneur, yes, as an entrepreneur, but just as a daughter the king, as a wife, as a mother, is to do the things that you do not feel like doing on the days that you don't feel like doing them more than ever, because you are teaching yourself that you are an overcomer and that these things, what, what these intrusive thoughts and feelings, they do not rule you. You rule you. Well, and you, yes, you hit it on the nail. You rule you. And you opened up saying how I have authority in a handful of different areas. And what's crazy is that word has come up for me more this last month of like what we have authority in, right? And like God gave us the power to have authority over ourselves and our land and the dominion that we take. And so that has been, you know, coupled with not only resisting the enemy, but then also taking authority, taking authority over my mind, my body, my spirit, my heart, telling my body and my mind and my spirit and my heart what I want it to walk out, taking authority over my home, taking authority over my children, taking authority over this land. And when I was reading in Mark as well, I was reading about the parable or the sowing of the seeds. And it hit me when it talks about the four different seeds. Well, only one of those take root, the one that is grown. So that's 25%. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't say like um, the, the sower of the seed planted in wrong places. It says they were out sowing seed. Some landed on this area. Some landed on this area. It didn't say the sower put the seed in a bad area. Right. 
right? And so that really helped me as well because I have been in my head of like, oh, well, this is just another business endeavor, Brandy, that you have failed at or another business endeavor, Brandy, that you thought was going to be a knock out of the park that wasn't a home run. Yeah, it might've been a first or a second base hit, but it wasn't what you thought it was going to be, which made it a failure, which if I was to actually share with you numbers, the numbers are way more um, like- uh, They're amazing positive than what you would expect in a a business in its first six months. And so when I was reading that, it was almost like God gave me this new eyes to see, right? When the student's ready, the teacher will appear. And I saw that of like, oh, wait a second. They had a 25% retention rate. And who am I to like think I'm going to get a hundred percent retention rate, right? And so for me, it's been like, keep sewing, right? Keep yes. sowing the seeds. Some's going to take and some's not. And don't be so bent out of shape about the ones that don't just keep sowing because that's... 25% will take. And in that 25%, it says it's going to be either 30, 60 or a hundred fold. And so what if the 25% of the seeds that you sow take are a hundred fold? And that's the miraculous thing about seed. And we talk about this in Radiant Leadership. One seed, one seed for a stalk of corn can yield how many actual ears of corn from one seed? And that's the supernatural part. And, and you, you said, don't focus on the ones that didn't take. That what we do as human beings, I think it's our human nature. Well, you know, I talked to 30 people and only three said, yes, gosh, 17 people said, no, 17 people don't believe in me. 17 people think I'm worthless. And that's, that is literally the enemy at work because what, what we need to do is focus on those three that said yes, and pour everything we have and keep, um, sowing into those seeds because from those three, who knows? And it's just a, it's a rewiring of, of the thinking. And it's a re it's a managing of your own expectation. I feel like in, in all things, not just in business, but in all things a managing of your own expectation of how your spouse is going to respond to you, a management of your own expectations of how your children are supposed to act or be, or what they're supposed to do as they grow up. It's a managing of these expectations that like, we're not God. I am not God. You are not God. I have, I am not sovereign. I cannot control what happens. I cannot control other people. The only thing I can control is my obedience to God, mine. Oh, I love your three out of 30, or would you say 23 out of 20 analogy, right? I think I said 30, but I did the math different. And then I said 17. So it would have been, it would have been 27. (laughs) So with that, and then in the kingdom, we have a hundredfold prosperity, right? And so out of those three, that could turn into 300. So it was like, would you rather have three turn into 300 or 30 be 30? And in the moment, your flesh, my flesh, not yours, my flesh is like, oh, I want 30 out of 30 because that feels good. Of course. Validate. What's the bigger purpose? What's the bigger vision? And so that's been... That's been huge for me as much as I am like, man, this last season was tough. I can tell you it really broke down some walls and some barriers inside of me that I didn't know were there that I definitely don't want to be there going forward. Well, isn't that the beautiful thing? And, and what, you're, what you're experiencing is the thing that will take you into the next season. And too many people try to 
shortchange it, ignore it, or they just flat out quit and they don't go through it. Then they'll start something again and they get to that point again. And because they didn't allow the pruning or the reshaping or the whatever, however you want to like categorize it, that's what happens in this season. And that's what's required. I look, I, you know this, cause you and I have talked about this a number of times, but like my first book, it was really literally uh, the, the whole book was God showing me all these things that I was lamenting and whining over to him as I was typing them out, you know, I'm like, Oh, this happened. I'm so sad. And then this happened. And I'm so sad. Why, why, why? And each time he was so loving that he showed me if you hadn't gone through this, you thick headed lady, then you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have this and you needed this for the next thing. And if you hadn't gone through that in the next season, you wouldn't have this skill, ability, empathy, talent, whatever, and everything built on everything else. And they were all required. They were required of me to be where I'm at today. And the things I go through today are required for where I'm going to be tomorrow and the next day. But we, we don't value that anymore. Like we really, as a society in general, we want things quick. We want things fast. I believe that when we stopped farming for our own food, we lost so much of the understanding of the fact that things take time and work to cultivate. And then you get the harvest. You don't harvest first. You have to prepare the soil. Then you have to plant the seed and you hope some of those seeds sprout. When they start to sprout, you don't party. You're cultivating them and praying that those seeds that sprouted don't die and you're protecting them and watering them. And you know, you know, this, you guys, you guys are, are actively growing plants everywhere. You, you know, you're, your whole business, your husband's whole business is in landscapes. You're watching this process. But when the everyday person doesn't have to do that, we think we can go through the drive-through of life and, you know, expect that it's going to um, yield those same results. Just like going through the drive-through does not give you the nutrition your body needs. Neither does trying to go through the drive-through of growth. Yeah. Well, and I've come to realize that the first soil, the most important soil, in my opinion, is my soil. Absolutely. Is nurturing my soil. And I have, you know, such like a desire to nurture everybody else and like everybody else's soil and want to see everybody else's soil do well, that I was neglecting my own soil, which then had me turn to fast fixes. I started eating foods that I wouldn't normally eat because I was looking for a quick, quick fix, so to speak. And those foods weren't nurturing my soil. And it just was a slow, you know, downward. Well, actually not too slow. It was a pretty quick downward spiral. (laughs) Yeah. That's important. Knowing your boundaries, but how do you know them until you like break out of them? Then you have to go, Oh, okay. This, that's the thing that, got me off track. So now I have to come back here. So Mm -hmm. having, having just, um, boundaries and people talk about balance and stuff. I don't believe in balance. There's no such thing. It's for me, balance comes from, um, knowing where I'm going, like, like knowing exactly where I'm going and, and everything else is kind of in flux because some days you work 10 hours, some days you work an hour. Right. (laughs) And so that's balance for me because I know where I'm going. It's Mm -hmm. that the call that I know that I'm, my feet are grounded on where I'm going. So all the other stuff is always in flux. And, you know, I'm, I'm so proud of you. You're doing a great job. 
Can I ask you a question? Uh, so, cause it's like, I know that the pruning is necessary, right? And Sucks even, yeah, right. So how do you navigate, like not, how do you navigate that? Like, because I find myself being like, because I know that the pruning is necessary, because I know that this is part of the process, because I know that my God is a good God and that God, God uses all things for his greater good. And even though I can't see it now, I know it's going to be good. I still find that I like want to throw these temper tantrums. I'm just going to be real with you, girl. Like I just, I do. I want to throw these temper tantrums of like, this sucks. What is this going to be over? And it's not always pretty, Michelle. And you I, see, it's never pretty. Look pretty. It's <laughs> never pretty. Like, it's not that it's not always, it's never pretty. Just think about this. Think about the act of pruning. It's super violent. You are taking a blunt, sharp instrument and you are slicing something or cutting it or tearing it apart. You're pulling some <sighs> force and energy. It's ugly and it hurts. And I think that it'd be unrealistic of you to think that you could get through pruning, pruning painless. And you know, the fact that you're, that you're upset about it, there's nothing wrong with that. Even like, our children, our children are upset. So ugly. And I don't like feeling ugly, but you just said it. Pruning is an ugly process. As I was thinking ugly and wanting to say that to you, you said pruning is an ugly process. Yeah, it's not, it's not pretty. It's frustration and unknown and um, complaining and pain and doubt. It's all of the things, but you know, he, he uses that because through each think about this and I use this all the time and you, gosh, you see this so much more than I do, because this is what you and your husband do for a living in landscaping. Um, we have this tree right across the street from our house. I don't know the kind of tree that it is, but it's beautiful. It almost looks like it should be in Africa because it creates almost a canopy the way that the, 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 the branches go out and the, the leaves are like feathers. They're so light and wispy and they look like feathers. And this thing gets huge. Well, two, two times in the last couple of years, they have chopped it down to where it looked like a stump, nothing. I am so depressed. I love trees. Like I love trees. I feel emo like emotional love for trees. And when they do, I am like, it hurts me to see this tree. I'm always like, why did they do it? They ruined it. It's never going to come back. This tree will never come back. And um, I'm looking at it right now and they just did it again. The second time that I've seen them do it this violently. And it looks like a tree again. And, and the thing is, it'll have an even more beautiful look to it than it had before, because they took something that it's not that it wasn't growing, but it wasn't growing in the direction that they wanted to guide it. So if you've ever seen, like if you've ever gone to Disneyland or any place that they, there are bushes that they, they cut in shapes, like they cut it to, in, at Disneyland, right. they cut them in the shapes yeah. of the characters. Like you mm -hmm. have, you know, uh, bushes that look like Minnie and Mickey and all the characters and stuff. And then these cute shapes and everything that plant didn't grow like that. <laughs> and, and the first time they tried to prune it, it didn't look like that. It took decades of continued cutting and cutting and cutting in it in a big, big way before it could ever take shape. So it's this, it's a process and, and God is all about the process. Thank you, sir. Man. Thank you. Thank you for being vulnerable and open and, and sharing this with people. I know a lot of people are going to have value and, um, you know, I I'm excited for what's coming for you because you're, you are not, you have not quit. You are continuing to keep on keeping on and big things are ahead for you. 
um, what, whatever that looks like. And so tell everybody like where they can find you, social media, website, all of that. Uh, social media on Instagram is at Brandy Del Rio. And I'm on Facebook, Brandy Diana Del Rio. And then um, you can also go to ForTheOneWhoBelieves.com, www.ForTheOneWhoBelieves.com as well. And that's where a big part of my story is and um, information on where you can find me and connect with me on a one-on-one level. What about any, any updates that you can publicly share about the documentary? There are no updates as of yet on the documentary because I have hit pause this last season, this last few months. I'm moving forward because I was in a, a place of not knowing where I was going. You just like gave me so much content or so much clarity with that of like, I do my best when I know where I'm going. Right. And I was just so confused and conflicted. I felt like I was in like a a jar where it's like had been shaken up. And all of a sudden I like prior to, I felt like things were so clear. I had such clear vision. I knew where I was going. I knew what I was doing. And then this whole entrepreneur journey, the last nine months, stepping into something, like you said, yes, my husband is a partner in the business. However, he's not actively working, right? And so it like shook things up inside of me that I didn't know were there, which then made my glass now clouded with sand and all that jazz, which had me not wanting to get in front of a camera to move forward with the documentary because I didn't, I didn't know where I was going. So this has been really helpful for me. And um, also staying the course of like, instead of trying to do different things, it's like when I have clear vision of knowing where I'm going, my body is going to naturally walk it out. My heart will naturally walk it out. My mind will naturally walk it out. Because I already, I know that I'm a powerful person. I know that God has given me authority in so many different areas and that I'm a light, a bulb light on a hill for him. Yet when I don't know where my light is supposed to stand, I end up turning it off. And so thank you for that nugget of know where I'm going. Cause that so whole let, let me, let me, let me add to that because um, this happens all the time. You get this vision or you think this is what God's calling me to you take a couple steps. You're excited about it. Then you get shook up in the jar. By the way, everybody gets shook up in the jar. You're not alone. Everybody gets shook up in the jar. And I was like, I can't see anything now. (laughs) Everybody gets shook up in the jar. So when you feel like that and you're like, wait a minute, did I even hear God? Was this what he called me to? I don't even know if this is what I'm supposed to do. (laughs) Because we've all experienced it. Let me tell you what you're supposed to do. In my opinion, my humble, like one, like half a cent opinion. Um, is you take the next step that's in front of you. You may not know what's 10 steps ahead, but you know the next step. Like, you know what you should be doing that day, which you didn't do because you were doubting everything, but you do the next thing. And I will tell you, um, there have been so many times in my life, in many different areas where I was like, I don't even know, God, if this is actually what you want me to do, but I'm going to do, I'm going to do the next thing that until you tell me something different. And oftentimes I feel that he is building up your, um, he's building up a muscle. I read the most amazing story on the internet the other day about the song from Simon and Garfunkel, um, 
dark darkness, my old friend. I don't know if that's the name of the song, but there's this beautiful story. I'm sorry. It's going to take a second. If you don't mind, can I tell you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, think yeah. You're gonna, I think you're going to love this. Do you know the song that I'm I talking about? I'm singing it in my head okay, right now. Perfect. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. not going to sing it because everyone is from the podcast. Off. Okay. So I read this story and I it talked that. about the origin of that song. And it talked about, um, Simon had a very good friend that he went to college with that ended up having something wrong with his eyes and he went blind and his friend basically gave up on life, went home and he just gave up on everything because he was blind now and he didn't know how to do anything. So he went to him and he said, if you go back to college, I'll go with you. I'll be with you every day. And he basically tells the story of how he literally was his guide everywhere he went. And, um, and they, he, they ended up calling Simon darkness. He was this friend darkness. And one day he, um, took him to, I think a train station. I think they lived in the East coast. I think I'm kind of butchering it, but maybe I'll put it in the show notes. I'll find it. <laughs> Cause I sent the story to, um, to my husband and my youngest daughter. Cause they love that song. So one day he, Simon was with him. I can't remember the guy's name and he was, they were at a train station and all of a sudden he left him. Like he left him. He had always had this buddy with him that had been with him every day to take him everywhere, to be his guide. He was literally with him. Um, and, and walked with him through this journey of being blind, but graduating from college and everything. And he was alone and he was pissed and scared. And, um, so anyway, as the story goes, he got his way on the train and, and made his way home and, or, or was making his way home. And he was with him the whole time. He, his Simon, Simon never was gone. He was with him the whole time, but what he did in like, basically it'll make me cry what he did in basically leaving him alone. Seemingly that's what he felt was he, it changed his life. He gave him the courage that he actually could do things on his own. He was never alone. He was never going to let him get hurt, but he had to feel the feeling of figuring out how to get on the train and get off at the right stop and get home so that he could see what he was capable of. And I feel like that is so often what the Lord does with us on this journey. He's never gone, but he needs us to see what he knew was always there in the first place. And we only see it by getting shaken up in the jar, Brandy, and doing the hard, hard stuff. (laughs) We're going to have to end this podcast so we can get off and cry. (laughs) Seriously, I should have known better with you. (laughs) Good story. (sighs) Very good story. Thank well, you. I appreciate you. I'm so proud of you. I know this podcast is going to be really powerful and women are going to relate and love it. And I'm excited for whatever is next on the journey and you'll have to come back on. Thank you. I love you. Love you too. Thank you. Such a real and raw conversation that you basically got to be a fly on the wall for. <laughs> I hope that that impacted you. I know that Brandy has impacted me from the day that we met. And you might be feeling some of the same things that she talked about. I'll tell you what, nothing, nothing compares to being surrounded by a community of women who've either been where you're trying to go or they're going in that direction too. It is the power of what Girl Power Alliance has to offer. That and so many other things. You know, we are currently looking for Christian influencers and ambassadors to be a part of this incredible movement. We're passionate about helping women create financial sovereignty and really changing not only their lives, but their legacy and the lives of those around them. If that sounds like 
anything that you want to be a part of, head over to girlpoweralliance.com, reach out, become a part of this amazing community. You can find us on all the social media platforms, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. We're very easy to find. And, you know, we have this amazing event coming up, live event, in-person event in Dallas, Texas in September, September 15th through the 17th, where we are gathering Christian influencers from around the world and amazing women of God to really help all of us activate something in the kingdom that is going to, I believe, affect change around the world. So you can find that on our Girl Power Alliance website, or you can go to activatewomen.live and grab your ticket before it's too late. You are not going to want to miss out on this event. Let me tell you, this community is changing the world and we need you to be a part of it. Girl Power Alliance is where women grow.